made it out today, and I always want to make sure I say hello to everybody who is watching online. Uh, glad that you're joining us wherever you may be watching us from, and hope you can make it here uh, soon. Hope you could be with us as we gather here. And man, I'm just glad that we, are, we get to worship together. We get to worship an awesome God, right? And we get to celebrate Jesus every Sunday, and it's just a great place to be. And so I'm just glad that we are a part of that together. And if we haven't met my name's Andy, I'm one of the pastors here, and I, I am also glad to say, happy fall, everybody. The fall weather finally came, and I am so glad. Yeah, praise God for that. I got my new flannel that I bought this year. This is my new one, I get one a year. Glad to wear it out. I, I don't know why that's funny, but anyways, it's my new one. Uh, but I love fall. Fall is my favorite season, by far my favorite season. I love fall. It gets a little colder, right? And uh, right now it's the perfect temperature. I think it's the perfect temperature. In fact, there's a group of us uh, right now that, that we watch. We get together and watch Monday Night Football outside uh, on the back porches where, you know, we eat barbecue, have cold drinks, and complain about fantasy football because that's the way it should be. And uh, that's why I love fall as well. Not just because I like to watch uh, football, but there's a lot of other things that I love about fall. Parents, for instance, like, come on, you know you love fall because our kids are back in school. Amen, somebody? Yes, we love, yeah, amen. That's what we're saying. So glad you came to church. Uh, but there, there is something about fall that I love and that I look forward to. Uh, and you know, honestly, this week as I was thinking about the seasons, I was thinking about the seasons, I, it actually got me to thinking about us as a church and to think about all of the seasons that we've actually gone through as a church. In fact, a lot of you don't know that, but next, know, know this, but next month, we are actually coming up on our 15 year anniversary as a church. Our very first church service was in November of 2008, and we had 130 people in attendance. Uh, and many of the original folks that were there are still there today, even though I led worship from now, uh, from time to time, it didn't scare you away. I don't know how it didn't. Uh, glad I'm not leading anymore. But man, I just wanna say, what we've seen God do, everybody, it's unbelievable to me. What we've seen, so I just want you to think about a few things here as we talk about the seasons of the church. So just think about this, is that, that today, our average church attendance is 10 times more than our first service that we ever had. 10 times more, that's amazing to me, what God's done. And think about this as we're in the clapping mood, is that just over the last two years, just over the last two years of our 15, we've baptized more people than we're at our first service. Come on, somebody. Like, that's amazing to me. That's a new life. That's, that's changed lives in the name of Jesus. We've seen God grow us. We've seen seasons of amazing growth that God's given us. We've grown in numbers. We've grown in, in spiritual death. We've grown in generosity, and it's been amazing. And, and honestly, uh, we haven't had all good seasons either. That we've gone through seasons of challenge, and we've gone through seasons of loss as a church and hardship. We've walked through uh, a lot of stuff as a church. But I'm going to tell you, man, with all of that, I just want to say it's been it's been an amazing journey that God has put us on together. And here's what I want to put forward. I just don't think God is done with us yet. I think he is still moving and he is still working in powerful, powerful ways through the Holy Spirit and what he is doing with us in the name of Jesus. And I just think we still have some more seasons ahead of us. Amen, everybody? Yes, so let's get moving on the next season that we have as a church. And, and so I want to say all that because what we're entering into uh, in our journey in the Bible is going to be really good for us. It's gonna be good for us as we think about all the seasons that we've been through. So, so last week, if you were here, we started part four of our relevant series where we've been going through the Bible from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, and so over the next nine weeks, here's what we're gonna be looking at. 
we're going to be looking at the local church. We're going to be looking at the foundations of the very first church that was created after Jesus ascended into heaven. And so as we do that, as we study the first church, here's what I want us to do, okay? I want us to really be checked in here and look at this through the lens of us as a church in the season that, that we're going through and what we're doing and where we're going and all that stuff. And, and here's what I want us to ask if you are a person with, say, River Ridge is your church, and it's this, is, is what does a Jesus church look like? Like, what does a church who says we believe in Jesus and we follow the commands and are obedient to him and what he said, what does it actually look like? And so over the next nine weeks, we're, we're gonna be working through that lens of what it looks like and, and the challenges that we face as we keep moving because everybody, listen, the church is not a building. It is a movement. It's a movement. In fact, if you're taking notes, go ahead and grab those and get those out. I want us to all understand what we are as a church because here's what the church is. The church, in fact, is it's not a building. It's a family. The church is a family of Jesus followers where we have a focus on the mission of God we're, and, and we are something that Jesus says will last and be here forever. That's, that's what a church is. That's who we are. The church, here, here's what I wanna tell you. The church, it's a group of people, okay? It's a group of people who realize the effects and consequences of sin that exists in this world. There's something that really gets into us and, and it really deviates us from actually the good life. And, and, and then we also realize that, that there's a God and, and, and that separates, that sin separates us from God who, who made us, because we know there's something bigger than us. But then, then we also come to recognize that we recognize that through Jesus, we have been made right, that we've been forgiven of that sin and been made right through Jesus with God, that we're, we're restored with him. And so then we gather together. We gather together, this is what we do as a church, to draw near to him and stay true to God's direction in our lives. And we need each other for that. And, and, and here's what I say, we're not perfect in it, right? We're not perfect in it, but we are united in one thing, and that's Christ. And, and we're united in others knowing one thing, which is Christ. Everybody agree with that so far, so far, so good? Yes, yes, that's what we agree with. And, and so, so what we need to see, what we need to see is, is that church is much more than a building. It's much more than, than, than lights and seats and, and dollar club and music and all those good things that we do, but we are a gathering of people who are fo really focused on one thing, and this is what it is, that we just wanna create fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Like, that's our focus, that's our mission, that's our goal. We wanna create fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Now, what you hear us say pretty much every week is this, is that, that we exist though uh, to help anybody take next steps in their journey with God. That's what we would say uh, th that we exist for. And, and why that is important for you to know, like that right there with our statement of saying, we exist to help anybody take next steps. See, is because while our primary focus is on creating fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, here's the thing, everybody, we also have to answer this question, what about those who are not fully devoted followers yet? What about them? In other words, like, what is this for? Who gets in? Who, who can come? Who, who is this for? So for instance, I have made some notes. So is this, for, is this a place for people who want to be challenged? Is this a place for people who are struggling or, or hurting in life? Is this a place for people who are looking for answers and they don't know yet that the answer is Jesus? Or is this a place for Christians who are already there and want to grow deeper in their faith and knowledge of Jesus, and my answer to all those everybody is yes, yes. 
that we want to be a place for the, for the follower of Jesus. We want to be a place for the skeptic. We want to be a place for the person who walked away from their faith, but they're here and they're saying, I'm going to give this one more shot. And we want this to be a place for somebody who's far away from God and has never fully believed in Jesus yet, where, where, where every single one of those people feel like they are growing closer to God in their lives. And, and so, gang, here's what I hope you know without me trying to explain this. That's not easy. That's not easy to be a place for all of those folks. And, and so sometimes it's messy, right? Sometimes it's messy. And here's what I will tell you. We have to be really, really intentional about some things in order to stay and be the church that God wants us to be and that Jesus put forward with the first church, okay? So, so here's the question. So, so how do we get there? How do we get there, right? What, what are the things that need to be foundational to be a Jesus church? What are the things that we hold on to? What are the things that we let go of? Well, that's what we're gonna be answering over the next several months. So I hope that you're ready. I hope that you are excited about that because man, the more we know about who we are, I think the better we'll go out there with the message of Jesus to bring folks in and say, man, we just want you to know. We want you to see and know who Jesus is. So, so let's get to it, all right? If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and grab those. Open them up to Acts chapter two. That's where we're gonna be. We're gonna look at the foundations of the very first church uh, and we're gonna be in Acts two and also jump to Acts four a little bit. And here's where we're going to go today. Today, all we're going to look at, if you have your notes, you'll see, we're going to look at two of the first pillars of the first church. And then again, look at it through the lens of us and just be challenged a little bit and see where we're going and what we, uh, how we can apply them today. So last week we saw the church started with Jesus, right? Where he said in Acts 1.8, this is what he said before he ascended up to heaven. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And here's what I wanna say. Every single thing else after this from the book of Acts all the way to the Revelation hinges on this one verse. That what you see, why we're here today is the fact that the Holy Spirit came and empowered believers in Jesus to actually be able to go out there with and witness uh, for Jesus and, and tell people about who he was and so that the church grew. Every single thing we're gonna read from this point on is through this one verse and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and so last week, what we saw was after he said that, uh, the guys were waiting and the gals were waiting and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit uh, came on the followers of Jesus and they started speaking in these other languages, languages that others knew that they shouldn't have been speaking and so they were amazed by these people speaking their language talking about Jesus and then Peter we saw gave the very first sermon where he was telling everybody about Jesus and and they all couldn't deny what was happening they they were amazed by it and they said well what do we do what do we do and he said you need to repent you need to turn from your life turn from relying on yourself turn from the sin that affects you and and that that keeps you away from God and and corrupting you and turn to Jesus believe in him for the forgiveness of your sins and be baptized and 3,000 people 3,000 men were added that day alone and so that's where we left off last week and so this is where we're going to continue the story in Acts 2 we're going to pick this up in verse 42 so let's read this and we'll talk about some things and it says this in verse 42 it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, They received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay? Now, if you're taking notes, uh, here's the first pillar that, that we see with the very first church. Uh, so this is what we're going to see is that the church was built on community. That's what we just read, that the church is built on community. And so as we read the last part here of Acts 2, well, here's what we see from verse 42 to 47. That right there, what we just read, is the very first impression that we have of the first church. First impression. First impressions are important, aren't they? They're for, like sometimes you can't take back a first impression. They are what they are. And, and I don't know if you've ever had one with somebody or something where you wish you had that back. You know what I'm talking about? I got a few of those in my life. One of those, uh, when I was in college, uh, I, got, I had a brand new truck that I was making payments on. It was a white Chevy S10, uh, no cab. Come on, somebody. I mean, it was an amazing truck. I love that truck. And within a month of having that thing, I ran into a guy on a bicycle. He's okay. He's all right. Everything's fine. It's fine. It wasn't, but it wasn't bad. It was just like a little tippy tap. It was like a, it was fine. And so I, I'm serious. So anyways, I was at a four-way stop and I was there and I looked over the guy on my right beat me. And so I was looking at him to go and he goes, go ahead. And I was going straight. And so I just went to go straight, but I didn't know there was a guy on a bicycle coming from my left. And he just kind of did. And he was, it was one of those like, oh, and he was like that, you know what I mean? And I'm like, come on, man, come on. Like, I didn't even hit you that bad. And so anyways, we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones back then. We didn't have cell phones. So somebody ran to a house and called 911 and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, but the first people who arrived to the scene uh, wasn't the police, it was actually the fire department. And the guy who was driving the fire truck came. And here's the thing, like he was really good friends with my stepdad, uh, John. And, and I, I did, I've never met him before, but he came up to me, he's like, hey man, I know your dad. And I was like, oh man. And I'm just gonna tell you, like I was a little rattled at that point, but it was just nice to know that somebody knew who I was. And so I, so I kind of came over, I'm like, I'm just so glad, you know. And I, and I gave him this weird hug, okay. And I thought, I don't even know what I really said. I'm pretty sure I was like, I'm just so glad you're here, man, you know. And it was really awkward. It was really, really awkward, okay? Now, fast forward eight years, and I'm dating Courtney, whose dad was, you guessed it, the dude driving the fire truck, okay? And I could never take that back. I could never take that weird, awkward hug back. We both knew it. It was there hanging. True story, we've never talked about it. We've never talked about it. We still have awkward hugs today. True story, true story. That was his first, I'm like, I'm never living this thing down. I'm never gonna do it. We have good hugs, actually. We have really good hugs. But this is our first impression of the church. And here it is, that they are a strong community of believers in Jesus. And so what I see in here uh, that stick out to me are three traits that made this community really strong in their belief. And so the first one, if you take a note, the first trait that I see was a trait of devotion. A trait of devotion. In fact, in verse 42, here's what it says, is that they devoted themselves to a couple of things, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so what we see is the first trait is a trait of devotion. And the first thing that they were devoted to was the apostles' teaching. Now, the word, uh, the verb for devoted here is the word uh, proskaterio. Uh, there's no way I got that right, but it's close enough. And so here's what it actually means. It means to continue steadfastly. I like that, that, that they continued, they were steadfast in, in listening and knowing the word of God and, and hearing uh, the apostles' teaching of scripture. And so here's what I wanna say. What's that mean for us? 
Like, how does that look for us? Because this is how I want to challenge us with each one of these. So here's what I think that means for us. I think for us, that means individually, as a church, I need you to understand the scripture. Like, I need you to know it beyond what is taught up here on Sundays, that we need to be steadfast. Here it is, in checking and making sure that we're all lined up, that, that you don't just take my word for it or Chad or Blair's word for it that you know it enough and, and so that we need to be a church of people who are devoted, right, to God's word. I think that's the first thing that we need to be devoted to. Uh, the second thing that it says they were devoted to was to the fellowship. Fellowship, I love that word. Fellowship, uh, what it really means is, is it points to something that goes beyond Sundays or something that goes beyond the religious service that they had. Uh, and so what this was describing was more of a partnership. It was more of like a, uh, like a, just a, a partnership with fellow believers. And, and so, by the way, that's why we always talk about groups around here. That's why we always talk about there's gotta be something more than being in these rows. That we want to get you in circles. And again, just a really quick plug. Uh, we said over the last couple of weeks, if you are not in a group, we made it so easy for you on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Like we got two really good open groups going on. One is on Tuesday nights. It's the grow group open for anybody. 6.30, get here. Childcare is taken care of. It's gonna be in the South Auditorium. You can just join in, get into a circle, talk about the message, talk about God's word. And the other one is on Wednesday nights. I, we're pretty full though, but I'll just go ahead and plug it anyways. Uh, maybe for next time or whatever, uh, but it's our grace course. And it's an amazing course. Uh, I think we have over 30 people in there, something like that. But again, like if, if you, Tuesdays don't work, man, just sign up, come here, show up, get involved, learn about God's grace on your life and how that can change you. I tell you, it will change you. So anyways, that's why we talk about that oh, all the time over here because the fellowship is important. And then the third one that they were devoted to uh, was a breaking of bread and prayers, okay? And I love that one because I think that the breaking of bread, it's beyond like meeting over Sunday. It's like eating together. And you know as well as I do, like when you start eating together, like different things happen, right? Like you're, you are more yourself when you're kind of eating food. I don't know why, think walls come down a little bit and I think that's what was going on. They were eating together. Uh, and I just think that's important as well. Uh, and you can't go any, you can't read any, bit without running into them praying. Like prayer was so huge for them. It was a high priority important in their life together. And so that's the first trait of community. They were devoted to those three things. And here's what I wanna say. It's just, that's an easy thing for us to look in ourselves and say, how am I being devoted to the church? How am I as an individual being devoted to this church of fellow believers in Jesus? Like, how am I doing it? Honestly, gang, like how are you doing in, in being known? Like, how are you prayed for? Are you praying over people, praying for people? Like, are you in a community where you're able to get that done? That's why we say that's so important. Are you knowing God's word individually? Are you committed and devoted to that? Or are you, are you going beyond those things and just going deeper with folks? That's, that's a huge trait for them, for us, again, to see is that that's who we wanna be as a Jesus church. Uh, and the second trait, uh, so we had trait of devotion. The second one was a trait of unity. Trait of unity. Here's what it says in verse 44. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So, so there was a trait of unity. Now we're gonna, in a couple weeks, we're gonna be talking about unity as a huge, huge description of the church. So I don't wanna get too far into this, but I just wanna note here that one of the first things they figured out together that was important was unity, that we need to be unified in some things. And so here's what I want to look at really quick. What unified them? This is super important for us to understand as a church. What was it that actually unified them? Was it the style of worship? Was it their political affiliation? Is that what unified them? Was it the translation of Bible that you're supposed to use? 
Here, here's what it says. It says, all who believed were together. That's all it says. That, that Listen to me. What unified them was their belief in Jesus Christ. That that's what it was. That's what unified them. And so next week, we're gonna look more into where they did draw some lines that you need in order to be a Christian. But here's what I wanna say for us as a church. Again, I wanna look through this through the lens of us as a church. For us as a church, there are core values that we have. There are uh, foundational things that we have to be united in in order to be a church of Jesus. And I'll just throw three big ones out at you. The one is that, is that the Bible is a literal word of God that we have to be unified in that, that that is a literal word of God. You can't pick and choose that we, that we say that is it, that is the real word of God and that we follow that literally. Two is that Jesus was God and he is the only way. He is the only way to heaven. There's, he's not a way, he's the only way. We've gotta be unified in Jesus as being God and the only way to heaven and that God exists as, as God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we're unified in, in believing that because you can't go through the Bible and not have an understanding of the Trinity. But, but here's why I wanna say is because you know, you know what we actually see more than being unified in those things? You know it as well as I do. We sometimes get really hung up on things in the long run that don't have anything to do with the main thing. Am I preaching out there? Come on. We get real weird with that stuff and then we get divided and, and then people on the outside are looking at that and saying, gosh, they can't even get things in order, you know, together. And, and, and we get, and then here's as a result, we get a little nervous about the non-essentials too, don't we? Because we're in this cancel culture. And so then as Christians, we're like, oh man, like what if they don't see it the way I see it on this little non-essential? Like, oh man, what are they gonna do? How are they gonna react? And, and, and actually, you know, it, it happens. Actually, uh, my home group, my home group is going through a parenting study and it's been really, really good. It's like really challenging with us as parents as we're raising our kids. And so a couple weeks ago, one of the topics was on discipline and spanking was one of the topics. And Courtney goes, I'm not going, don't wanna talk about it, not going. And she's like sweating. She's like, I'm sweating, I don't know, I don't wanna do it. And, and, and so I'm like, why, what, what is wrong? Because here's the thing, because her friendships were that valuable that she was like, I don't want something like that to mess things up. And, and that's where we're at. Come on, somebody, that's where we're at. And, and so, but here's what happened. Here's what happened. We got there and we talked about it. And guess what? Like we had varying uh, positions on spanking or not spanking. And guess what happened? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. You know why? You know why? Because our group keeps the main thing the main thing, everybody. Because we're able to have good conversation about that because we keep the main thing the main thing. Am I talking to somebody out there? And so they had unity around belief in Jesus and that was huge for them. And, and then that unity, as you see, it caused them to be generous with each other as well. So they, they approached life like this. They said, okay, then everything I have is actually not mine. It's, it's God's. And so, so I'm just gonna be generous with my time and, and my talents and my resources. That's what it says. So, so unity was super important. And here's the third trait, was the trait of gladness. Love that one. Love that one. Here's what it says in, in verse 46. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Listen to this. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. So he, here's what I wanna say with this one. Here's what I wanna say. I think having a, like an overall demeanor of gladness is one of the most underrated things that we could be doing out in the world. Just being grateful and glad. Like I think it's so underrated and I just think that's what so many people need to see uh, in people who believe in Jesus, okay? I really think, and can I just tell you something? I just wanna tell you something here, okay? If you're a Christian, if you were say you're a Christian, 
and you have the knowledge and understanding of being rescued and redeemed and made whole with God, that you have the Holy Spirit working in you, you have something to be glad about all the time. Amen, somebody? All that doesn't matter what you're going through. I've said, that, I've said this before, I'll say it again. There are way too many grumpy Christians out there. Why are you so grumpy? Like, what's up with that? Why are you grumpy? Stop being a grump. I, you know, I'm not going to try to change you. You can be a grumpy Gus. I will be grateful and glad, and you'll see who has a better day, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just telling you. And, and, and here's what I want to make sure I say. Don't, we're not, I'm not talking about faking it. Like, for real, I'm not talking about faking. We all have bad days. We do. We have bad days. Being a Christian doesn't mean just everything's rainbows and butterflies and you're jumping around in the field as a joy. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but what I'm trying to say is I think sometimes we overlook the fact that even in our bad days, listen to me, we still have the answer. You hear what I'm saying? We still have the answer and the purpose of life and the meaning of life. And come on, it does something to us with that truth. Everybody, right? It does something. So I'm just saying, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 15, he said, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy be, may be complete. Look at what it says in Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. I love this. And peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so that was a trait that they had. And it's a trait that I want us to have. Just a trait of gladness. I love that, man. I, if we walk away with anything today to be encouraged about, man, we should just be glad. Grateful for Jesus and who he is and what he's done. And what it says that happened is that it says they had favor with all the people. Did you catch that? Right after that, it says they had favor with all the people because I think people saw it and they were thinking, man, what do they got? What is it that, what is it? We're going through the same stuff. Why are they responding different? I want to know more. I want to know what they're going through. Why are they smiling? I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And so that's the first pillar. That's the first pillar we saw. The first pillar is, is community, strong community with these traits that I want to see us have as well. So now for the second pillar, if you're in your Bibles, uh, just jump to Acts chapter four, Okay. And if you're following in the reading plan, uh, you would have read this last week. I don't have time to go into the whole story. It's a great story. Uh, but really what happens after Acts 2 is, is that people are coming to know Jesus more and more. And then one day, uh, Peter uh, ends up healing a guy, publicly healing a guy. And people see it and they're amazed by what happens. Uh, and then he and John get arrested. Uh, they get arrested for that. Not only that, but also preaching about the resurrection. Like the, the, that was a big bugaboo for the priests and, and scribes back then. They did not like you talking about the resurrection. And so they arrested uh, Peter and John uh, and they were gonna kill him. Like they were literally gonna kill him. But the only reason they didn't kill him is because all the people that saw the guy get healed, that God healed him through Peter, they were kind of backing Peter and John up. They're like, no, don't kill him. And so they, these guys were kind of stuck. They couldn't kill him. And so they reprimanded him and they said, all right, no more of this resurrection talk. Uh, we'll let you go. Don't be talking about that stuff. And so then Peter goes, you do what you need to do, but, but we just have to be obedient uh, to preaching Jesus and the resurrection is Jesus. So, we, so you can do what you gotta do, but we're just gonna, we can't disobey Jesus's command. And so they, they threaten him one more time and then they get released. Peter and John get released. And so they come back to the church and you gotta be thinking about this in that time. It was so volatile then. Like they, they, and these two guys were the main leaders of the church. So when they got back into the fold, man, I figured the church was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so glad you're back. We thought you were gonna die. We were so glad that you're safe. We weren't sure if we'd ever see you again. And so here's what we're gonna see. We're gonna see the very next thing that they do right after they get back into the fold. And so we're gonna be in Acts 4, 24. And here's what it says. It says, so after Peter and John gave the report of all this stuff, it says, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And here's what they said. They said, oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, 
the sea and everything in them. And so this is the first thing they do and what they do is they pray. Not only are they praying, but here's their prayer. Their prayer was, God, we know who you are. Not, hey, thanks for keeping Peter safe. Thanks for the hedge of blessings and safety and all that stuff. No, they came together and they said, God, we know that you're in control. We know what you're doing. We know you're here and that every single thing that's happening is ordained by you. You are in charge and everything's pointing to and being used for the progress of your plan to preach Jesus more. And so then after that, they pray this Old Testament passage that basically affirms Jesus being the Messiah. They just confirm it yet again. They're like, from the very beginning, God, like we know that you're in control. And then, and then here's what they pray. Now, if you're in your Bibles, I want you to look up. Don't look at your Bibles because I want everybody to do something really quick it'll be fun if you do it don't cheat okay i want you to we're all going to do this together uh so we're going to keep our eyes on the screen all right and i want us to do something so here's the next part of their prayer in verse 29 everybody eyes up don't you, i see you cheating quick cam i see you i saw you okay here we go and now oh lord hear their threats and give us your servants all right now stop there don't look quit cheating. don't look everybody's doing good what did they ask for were they saying give us considering their threats man keep us safe god hey protect us lord like we know their threats keep us safe in all these things uh give us somebody new to vote for god we need a better person to, in office so what did they ask for Here, let's see what they asked for so, hey we know their threats give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word Stretch, come on, man, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done. Why? So that the name of your holy servant, Jesus, would just be made known more and more. And so they say, God, we see these threats. We know what's happening. It's gonna, it could cause us to feel threatened. We're not gonna be threatened. It could cause us to be scared. We're not gonna be scared. And they didn't ask for safety. They, they didn't say keep us from harm. The next thing that they asked for was more boldness. More boldness. So if you're taking notes, here's the second pillar of the first church that I want us to be about too. It's this, is the church is bold in their belief. Aren't they? The bold in their belief in Jesus. So here's what I want you to catch and then we'll be done. This prayer is so different. That's all I want you to see. Isn't that a different prayer? Kind of like what would happen Here's what I wanna leave us with. What would happen if this entire church embraced the boldness about sharing Jesus like that? What would happen if all of us wanted to just share the truth of God like that and instead of worrying about our own safety, worrying about our own lives, saying, no, 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 give me boldness to go out there more and more in the name of Jesus and in the chaos and in the turmoil and in the pain that we're experiencing, let me go out in the world even though, even though I'm going through that. And here's what I wanna ask. Like, what if, gang, listen, what if? What if they caught on to something, which is what I'm gonna put forward to you what if what actually eases our own worry and what eases our frustrations and struggles is actually seeing more people come to know jesus what if that is actually the recipe and we're missing it because it's about us and oh man my safety and all that they're like no no more boldness more boldness to pray god make me bold for you make me bold to speak about jesus right here make me make me bold to represent you right now you know, maybe it looks like just saying something when saying nothing would be easier. God, give me boldness to say something, to speak up. Maybe it's taking advantage of an opportunity when they present themselves. Like, God, make me bold right there to grab that and take that. Maybe it's getting more steadfast in your faith instead of being flimsy about it. Like, hey, man, make me bold to say no when everybody else is saying yes, God. 
Give me boldness. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what it is. But if we want to be a church that Jesus wants, we need to be bold in our belief. You see it, everybody? We got to be bold. And I think we could do that. So, so here are the foundations of the church in a nutshell. They were built on community and they were bold in belief. And what was the result? What was the result of these things? Here's what happened. God grew his church. God grew the church. It's an amazing blessing by God in how he grew the church in numbers. In chapter two, we see 3,000 people came to believe and were added in one day. And then it says, day by day, the Lord added to their number. And then here in Acts four, it says that the number of men came to 5,000. So conservatively thinking, bringing in all families and thinking about this and understanding this, that God grew the church from 120 to over 10,000 people in a matter of months. That's amazing, everybody. And so here's the challenge I wanna give us as a church as a, as a result of that. Here we go. I wanna go back to the first thing I asked. What kind of church do we wanna be? We get to answer that. What does a Jesus church look like? Do we wanna be the kind of church that has that kind of community and goes after that kind of boldness in our faith for Jesus to be proclaimed so that we just see more and more people being added to come to believe in Jesus as a result? And here's the thing that I wanna say. It's happening. I'm seeing it happen. I know the prayers of some of you. You Here in a couple of weeks, we're gonna be baptizing another group of folks that have said yes to Jesus. And, and it's as a result of us going out there and saying, man, we just want you to know who Jesus is. And so I just wanna say, keep going, stay bold. Get in the flow of what we're doing, okay? So two things I wanna put in front of us, a challenge, two things. Here's the first one, just write these two things. Belong, belong. Be a part of this movement. Be a part of this movement. We are, a, we are a part of moving in God and moving with God's kingdom here at River Ridge Church. And I just wanna invite you to be a part. Man, it's way better being in the flow of it than sitting on the sidelines and watching. Come on, somebody. Get involved, get in the flow of what we're doing. Maybe it looks like getting in a grow group, coming on Tuesday. Maybe it looks like joining a grace group, getting there on Wednesday. Man, be generous. Somebody needs to take God up on his challenge about generosity. See what happens, I'm telling you. If you just say, God, I'm gonna be generous with my time and my, my talents and my resources, just see what happens as a result, man. God says it will not return void. It will not return void. Maybe, maybe it just looks like stepping up a little bit on hospitality here. I got to thinking about this earlier this week. Like in a big church, here's the tendency for some of you to think is that you feel like a stranger. I think some of you are like, I feel like a stranger. Or maybe you don't feel like you're really a face of River Ridge Church. Here's what I wanna say, says who? Who says you're a stranger? I'm not saying you're a stranger. So don't be one. Don't be one. Be somebody who says, man, I'll tell you, we got a great guest service team. They would be more than happy to see more people who are being hospitable and say, hey, hey, hi, good to see you. My name's John. And hey, how are you doing? You know, like, it would be, like I'm just telling you, man. And here's what I'm gonna tell you, man. Don't act like a stranger. And guess what? You won't be one. You won't feel like one. You, anybody hear me out there? I'm just telling you. Here's the second one. Be bold. Be bold. What's bold for you, right? Like, I think that's different for everybody here. Like, what does it look like? What's God asking you to be bold in today? I wanna challenge you to do one thing, just one thing that requires bold faith. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure. I, I wrote something. Maybe, maybe you need to finally have that conversation. Be bold. Maybe you need to extend the invitation. Be bold. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe you need to let go. Just let it go. 
Maybe you need to get going with something that we're a part of, Foster West Virginia, with adoption and foster care, man. Get out there, go to the table, get more information. You feel like God's been tugging on you, you just want more information, go out there right after service, get some information. Look at what we're doing to be a part of that growing, growing thing that needs help, right? Be a part of Foster West Virginia with what we're doing. Maybe it's just be bold and saying something instead of nothing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying, be bold. I'm out of time. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you. I'm so thankful that we have this, that we have what you want us to see. I want all of us to be asking, like, what does a Jesus church look like? And God, you give us the answer. And I just pray we're faithful in what we see and what we see and going after it. and then we're honest with ourselves to say man let's go after this together that, that we want to be a strong community of believers in jesus to to go after creating fully devoted followers of jesus christ but not leaving people behind in a way where we don't see people coming to know him for the first time i want to be that church and then we're bold man i pray for a boldness over us in the name of jesus and we can go out there and not be afraid just say, God, I know you're in control. I know that, that you have all of this in your hands. And so I'm just gonna let all that fall in with you. And I'm just gonna be bold for you, God. I, I pray we're challenged by that. We love you and we thank you so much. And I pray over the next nine weeks that we can really see what we're about and see what you're about through the first church that we get to read about. We love you and I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, I pray this has been an awesome week. I pray you're encouraged. Uh, go out there with some gladness, everybody. Have some smiles out there in the name of Jesus, and we'll see you next Sunday, especially in traffic.